Welcome back to the next episode of the Cricket Strength Podcast. We're going season by season and we're joined again by Gavin Armstrong. Gav, how are you? Yeah, looking forward to this. Every time I talk to you, it just re relives all those years that make me feel young and, uh, yeah, slightly <laughs> excitable. So, yeah, it's good, well, to, it's good to reminisce. It is. It went to 2003 now. So this was my my fourth season at Somerset. And, and I actually felt like I, I was not deserved to be there, but I was part of the the whole setup properly. I was on I was on the whopping wage of eleven grand a year, um, which was only due to Garris, to be honest, because um, Garris was the one who came in, saw sort of my worth really, and saw what I was trying to do, and he he's the one who said, um, right, you're going to get paid through the winter as well. So I got paid a grand a month for eleven out of the twelve months. He took commission. Did he take commission from it? Or no, no, he would have if he could. Um, but you know, the funny thing is, I do remember the start of that winter. It, you know, he said it. This is what was going to happen. So I was you know, excited, but didn't didn't go through for a little bit. So a couple of times, I asked the question because obviously I wasn't making any money. There was no money coming in. I asked the question. They got bollocked by Shiny for asking the question. I was like, sorry, but I'd quite like to know if I was going to earn any money here. Um, so you live yeah. in the flats then, or were you living with Jace? Still in the flats. I moved out of the flats in the middle of 2003. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, then, then, so we obviously, 2002, we got relegated. We lost the final. Um, so, 2003 was different. There was a different vibe going on. But that winter was the first winter everyone pretty much was training full time. Um, so, there, there was optimism, really, coming into 2003. Well, if we go from that period of time, because interesting looking at the years, if if you had to, and I didn't pre-prep you with this, but if you had to create a sentence for 2003, what would it be? The year the wheels came off? Um, do you know what? Be, it would be unfulfilled potential, to be honest, because it started off unbelievably well. Unbelievably well. Um because we, we started off and the bowling attack was just on fire. There was Caddick, Richard Johnston. Um, I, I think that, I think 2003 was the year that Jono got picked for England as well. In it, for England. And, and we saw Nixon McLean, uh, the West Indian fast bowler. Yeah. Um, who brought his brother over. So there's probably some stories we can get into that later on. Yeah, Regan, yeah. Regan, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we, you know, we started off in final championship. I think we won some like three out of the first four. We're top of the div two. Looked like you know we would crush it and, and then go back up. Um, and, and gradually, as the season went on, the, the wheels came off. It is the only sort of expression you could get to. It was just bizarre. It was really bizarre. Um, and were you, were you in the dressing room all the time? Were you with the twos and the ones at this point? So so I was with the twos home and away. And then when the twos were um, when the twos weren't playing, I was in with the ones. Um, so yeah, I was out. I was in a lot. You know, I can't remember really having many days off at all. Probably a Saturday right. or a Sunday. Would, would so, be. so the same group of players, within reason, by one yeah, or two. A couple of yeah, a couple of change. Obviously, I think that it must have gone to two overseas because we had Coxie and um, Nixon. We had James Bryant, uh, Australian batter, who came in is a cold pack, I think. Um, and I remember uh, Jimmy, he was a lovely lad. And part of my duties, uh, <laughs> I don't think it'd be allowed today, but I was told, right, you've got to take a club car and go pick him up from Heathrow. 
Um, it, and that was something that happened to me quite a lot. It was just like a, a gopher. Was that shiny, was it? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shiny and saying, right, Juicy, go and pick him up. Um, so I had to pick him up. I had to pick Nixon up. Um, we were playing, the twos were playing, I think, at Oxford in a preseason game. And there was another West Indian lad, and I cannot remember his name. It will come to me in a bit, but I had to go and pick him up. He was coming to play with us in twos for the year. Um, he's a, he was a big lad. He was wider than he was tall. Um, and he hung, he hung out with Regan all summer, uh, and they got up to all sorts of mischief. Um, hmm. But so you going up and down the M4 and the Nissan Primera, it racked up a few miles then. I think it was the Skodas then. You know, well, it, it was the Skodas then. Um, <laughs> you club deal. Yeah, and it was just. Any, any sort of thing like that, it, it seemed to fall to me to do. Um, but then when, when I look back, I always think now about people coming into the, into the game, they haven't paid their dues. You know, I paid my dues 10 times over. You know, I had to eat shit. I had to do the crap jobs time and time again, do the crap times. And, and But, it's you know, it's character building. I wanted to be in the sport. I wanted to be doing what I ended up doing all the time. And so I had to... So go on then with 20 plus years in the game and watching dressing rooms and characters and you know those characters who you know are happy to collect paychecks the characters who don't really want the second team are pushing through because it's their spot what what happened in that dressing room what were the key moments and did you see the breakdown of the dressing room what did you see the coach's role did you see anything there that you think now you can relate to now you've got more experience Oh, it was really hard to because I remember at the time, lots of people were were sort of having to go at Shiny, and there was a lot of blame on Shiny. And at the time, when I was looking at it from the inside in quite an experience, I couldn't see a lot that would that would that they were doing wrong. Obviously, I'm, I've got my own points with with Shiny, with you know, some of the way I was treated and some of the way I was spoken to. But again, it, it's something is it? I was almost treated like a young player a lot of times rather than support staff but I couldn't see then at the time what was going on is in I know that there's one thing that I, I could start to see divisions between the first and the second team guys that that was a big thing I could I saw then and there was a time we were playing it, it um I was gonna say new road then but it's not new road the county grounds um and as the the first team was struggling and getting rolled over a lot the, the PA announcer started announcing the wickets as they were going down. And I could just see on the pitch the the players there were sort of chirping to each other. And it just, it was creating a, quite a little bit of a toxic atmosphere. So I rang up the PA guy through the, the um, intercoms. I said, can you stop doing this, mate? It's not helping anyone. It really isn't helping anyone. Because um, you could just see it. And they'd come off and say, oh, what's the score there? Because the one thing I did see is that they weren't being given a chance. I think the team didn't change much from what I can remember. So you had these young guys who might have been sort of playing well. Um, so and, and, and well, some names then, because this is quite an interesting thing, isn't it? That that first team for two, three years set in stone, at least eight, nine players. But what are the names of the players in that second team that, that should have or potentially didn't get a go? Well, it's funny. When you look at it, a lot of them sort of moved on and did, did okay. Other places like Neil Edwards, Toasty, you know, he went on to knots for a little bit. Um, Gaz Andrew obviously went on to a decent career a little bit with Somerset and then more with Worcester 
uh, Wes Durston um, went on to uh, you know a good career with Derby. Hazard uh, um, played a little bit, should have played more probably. Uh, you know he was unlucky that Keyswear came along. Um, so you had the, the core group of guys, young Mikey Parsons, who was a decent seamer. Um, I'm trying to think of others now, but but there was a core group of guys because then the next year we won the second eleven championship. So you could see the potential there. And then the year after 2005, after I'd left, a lot of those boys under Garris, who went on to be first in coach, then won the T20. Right. Um, so you could see the potential was there for, the, for these sort of youngsters coming through. But they just, I think a lot of them just feel blocked. that They, they couldn't see a way in. You know, Woody was one of the ones who got into it. Um, obviously, he benefited from Laffer's going after 2001. But but other I think especially with them signing Jimmy Bryant, uh, that really pissed quite a few off. Yeah, because he he wasn't coming with a track record, was he? And he had players, the younger yeah. players there that was accumulating runs and what have you at the time. So what what like when you get to that point, then if you're around that environment, when the dressing room when it starts to slide, then what what do you see from certain characters and who withdraws and who stands up and what did you notice that was different? You know. It was, you just, before, say, say if we go back to 2001, if we were five, six down, you knew there was going to be a bit of a, the tail would put on some, or the lower middle order would put on some runs. But when I think that the spirit goes, that, that didn't happen. There was no one to to dig them out. Um, and, and it's interesting that people always sort of talk about team morale and spirit. I've never seen a good spirit at a losing team. You know, it doesn't matter. You can be best mates with people. If your team's losing, and the, the boys just got in a cycle of losing. And I thought maybe, because that was the first year of the T20 as well. And that was really interesting because I remember the training for that. The biggest thing that everyone was worried about was the timing. And yeah, yeah I had an hour and a quarter to do 20 overs. Each over, they said, you, you've got to be done in 90 seconds. So most of the training around it was timed. So, right, you've got six balls, right, we've got 90 seconds, go. And yeah, everything yeah. was like that. The batters were shitting themselves because there was the thing about you've got to be to the, the, out to the wicket within 30 seconds of the, the previous wicket going. So everyone was sprinting out and it was all like that. And I, I remember the first game, it was at home to Warwickshire. And I, I'm pretty sure we bowled first. And I think Burnsy opened the bowling to Nick Knight. And I remember everyone almost held their breath for the first over thinking, right, what's going to happen here? You know, because no one knew. It was yeah. a brand new competition. Everyone was like, geez, what's going to happen? And I think it was about one or two off the over. It was, it was an anti-climax. And yeah, yeah, yeah. losing the game, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's almost bizarre to think that T20s were around that long. Yeah. And then it's become part of the fabric. Any any kid that has come into cricket who's 16, 17, that's all they've known. They didn't know yeah. The coaching environments that we all had as kids, and you know, <laughs> score it two and over, and we well, yeah. have that to see the evolution. But the team wouldn't change either. That was, that was the thing. Then you know, your team who was playing every yeah. other format would play that format. There yeah, was well, the international international crew was like that. There wasn't at the time. It was like if you're in the international test sort of squad, you're playing fifty over. You're playing T20. It's taken yeah. a while to sort of debate. I mean, I guess what I'm sort of asking at the minute is we're trying to get into some, um, say interesting debates and parts of dressing rooms is let's talk about some of the characters of the players so and let's talk about the names of the players there's some of the older guard just so experienced so you know self 
do they protect themselves? Do they protect their contracts? Do they do they do they understand how to play the game a little bit? Does it become divisive? I guess that's my point. Is when you have any kind of professional sport on a squad and there's sub games and subplots and uniting the team, and we've all talked about this. Did you see things from players that you think, oh, now you're older, you went, okay, I could see what was going on there? I wouldn't say that year, probably. I think, but players will always look after themselves first, always. Um, and so, now, remember, I was 23. I was probably pretty naive still. Um, so I thought, you know, everything would come good, everything was going to be okay. Uh, but it, it, I think Caddy got injured. You know, I think that was a big thing because when you had someone as good as he was, you almost, uh, if he's injured, you're almost, oh shit, what now? What uh, did he have? Do you remember? I think he had a bit of a back. Was he in a boot? Is he in a boot? Or did he start off in a boot and then he was, and that upset his back? Something like that happened. And then John, I got called up for test matches for England. I think I played South Africa that year um, and, and he did well. So you're missing those two. Uh, so I think that the bowling just got depleted and it just everything just got fractious. That, that, that was the word I'd use. Is, and I'll tell you what the big thing was, what you could feel, the difference in the town. Like we know, you know, when things are going well at Somerset, the, the whole town's buzzing. Yeah. It wasn't. You know, it was almost the opposite. You could feel the tension in the air. Um, the warm, bluey hue. <laughs> but you could just feel it. Yeah. Yeah, Everything. you flash flash the gold card in Dallas. No lads, get to the back yeah, of the off your off your pop, lads. You don't get to the front. <laughs> but there was it might have been two thousand three when we played Durham at home, and they were chasing something like four fifty five hundred in the last innings. Uh, it, it must have been four hundred, and they were about five for a hundred, and they won. And that was like after that. Oh my Christ! It just fell off the cliff. Just completely fell off the cliff. Everyone was just all over the shop. Um, and it just didn't recover. And it ended up being a horrific season. Um, and... But Pete Randerson's still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there before. He was the one who got rid of me. Um, but yeah, he was still there, the chief. Um, so are you talking about players that were coming to end of contracts that year as well and pressure of that and players getting released and what have you? Because that has to affect all sorts of things, doesn't it? Because contract terms and contract renewals and one year and two years are a big, big thing, I'm, I would imagine, not talking from experience, about how people protect themselves, how, okay, we've just, we've had a, we've had a draw, but I've, I've done all right. We've just lost that, but I made 60, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, I'm not so much, I remember quite a bit of sniping about Burnsy. Burnsy was captain that year. Hmm. Um, and, and I remember just sort of, I can't remember who, you just you sort of remember sort of, almost snidey comments and, and stuff like that. And I know that year we had a lot of injuries. We went up to um, to Black, not Blackpool, was it Scarborough? Played Yorkshire yeah. in a, a Pro 40 game and we had to call um, Jarvis out of retirement to come and play because everyone had gone down. I guess that's the point is that, you know, you know that sort of player that, third spell or a couple of guys are in on a flat one can you loosen up your yeah, oh, back's a bit stiff can I just hang on a little bit or you know the foot marks are a little bit this I might hang on till tomorrow morning like that I guess that's what I'm asking those the Wiley pro that survived 20 years that when the wheels are coming off a little bit they go into self-preservation mode 
you know, just that type of mentality. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say that, particularly with bowlers, I couldn't see any of that. What I did see was, for me then, that year, Steph stood out because he was the one who wanted to keep going. I remember on a flat one at Taunton, um, he kept running in and running in and running in while the others didn't. And from that, he actually got, he went to Northampton next year. And it was on the back of that, them seeing him, you know, the because he always had, you know, a massive amount of heart and, and wanted to run in, almost to prove that the, the fitness stuff he did worked because he got so much shit about that. So, yeah, I remember Steph doing that. Burnsy's Burnsy was captain. He captained the whole season. What everything yeah. one day the lot. Yeah. Was that a year? Then you still had black players like Pass would have been playing in there yeah. the one day set up. It was the same team pretty same much. Team. Coxie wasn't doing the captaincy and Burnsy was. Right, right. So that's what I mean. I think it was probably just the people sniping because maybe they thought they could have been captain. But I think it was an aging team as well. They were, they were coming to the end. A lot of players in their sort of mid thirties. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a strange one, mate, because it just started off so well fell off the cliff um, and then it just literally petered out after that Durham game and yeah wasn't great so you get to you're getting through that season wheels are coming off you're just going not going through the motions but you know what I mean the games are still going on you're getting closer to the August time and the season's pretty much done yeah you mentioned then that Steph moved on is how many other players who 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 did the curtain come down for Contract-wise, moving on, was it just Steph? I think so. That year, yeah, I think Steph moved on. Jason moved on the year before to Derby. Um, Jamie Groove had gone. Uh, I think it was just Steph that left them. I think Jimmy Bryant had another year. They retire? No, I, I think Bowles retired the next year. Right. Uh, and Caddy was still going. Um, so I think it was just Steph. Uh, but then Jono started getting a few more injuries of his knee, um, yeah. going into 2004. But yeah, it was just, it just it, it became a mess. It's the best way to talk about it. It just became a mess. So for me, it was, I was probably working more with Garros with the second team because we could see the potential of a lot of these sort of young guys. So almost it was trying to keep them away a little bit from it, okay. um, it to so they didn't get almost tainted by by the dressing room at that point. What was the what was the atmosphere relationship like amongst the support staff from first and second team? Okay, that, that I think Shiny and Garros were, were still pretty close and I was always sort of in the round with Daz and Hurry. So all oh, that was good. I, I remember though at one point during that year, Andy Andy Hurry, he said to me, I just nearly quit yesterday because he was doing a warm-up and the boys was off oh, sick of this and this, that, and the other, and it got to that sort of stage where obviously Andy, you know, very sort of proud man and organised and everything like that, and he just had enough. I think it's probably the fact that he had to do quick start every ball for every home game. <laughs> probably didn't help his mental state because um, I had to do it for the twos as well. But yeah, it was um, the support staff were always pretty good. Then, like I said, it was a lot, a lot of. Um, but from obviously, Shiny wasn't wasn't a massive fan of me. But other than that, it was uh, it was all pretty good, and I was more than happy with Garros because he helped me loads. And were you coming? When did you move on then? How many more years after that did you have? I had one more season. Oh four, that yeah. was it. Oh four, which we'll, we'll cover cover next. But uh, and it was interesting what happened in 04 because I almost before 
knowing what was going to happen. I knew what was going to happen. Mm. Um, it, it felt like it was coming to an end, the, the sort of cycle. But but yeah, I mean, I was still loving my time at Taunton. I, it, 2003, when I look back at it, if I could go back to a year personally, a great year, you know. The yeah. two winning quite a lot, you know, a good set of lads were out and about, enjoying life. It was just that that whole thing with their first team and not doing well. And it, it just, it was tough to get through, really. Hmm. This is the thing, isn't it? Again, not being part of any dressing room and you just come out of one in the last 18 months now is the environment clearly has become more professional, but clearly the people in the environment are just a different breed. So that everything's yeah. moved on in a healthy way. Um, you know, whereas we look back maybe 20 years before we played and said they had a great time, it was social, they enjoyed it, we had a good laugh. And now everything changes, everything evolves. And mm. the nature of any sport is it's an industry now, a commercial industry, and it's not like it used to be. And I do I do wonder how much fun is still there, how much uh real kind of enjoyment is there. I guess that comes down to each dressing room, the coaching staff the lads involved in the characters. I mean, that was always the thing for me. If I say that word characters, I don't think there were many at that club. And I'll be honest, I don't think even in those days going through, bar one or two, there weren't many characters. And I don't know whether that had huge detriment to any of it, but when you go back through, you know, good people, like not saying that it was, it wasn't, but not really huge kind of broad mix of characters. And even if you look at like your past, your Burns, your great Rosie, all great people. Like you just go through Noddy, they were all, they, you, you know what I'm trying to say? They were just, yeah. not that you had to be life and soul, not you had to be engaging, not that you had to be this particular, but you'd always want to mix. And I never ever felt, and even don't feel like when I looked at it as the players progressed and went into the coaching staff, that actually there's just that something missing. There always has been at the club around maybe avoid it, try to fill from Richards and Garner and both of them in the side and key people, but just, I don't know, just... Well, maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe they lacked that until Langer came in, I think, 06. Hmm. Probably, and he shook it all up. Um, just an energy, just an edge, just something but that you make. But we'll talk about that as well next one time, because in 2004, for six weeks, we had Ricky Ponton come. So I, I talk about the impact he had. I've never yeah. seen anything like it in a dressing room. Never seen anything like it. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that next time because that was that was yeah. very interesting. And and also the emergence of a young homegrown player who went into the first team. So how those two things mm. it changed the dynamics. Yeah, so it's funny talking about 03 now, even for twenty minutes. I feel quite down talking about it. Quite <laughs> so hoping that two thousand and four is a little bit more entertaining because we set out to entertain people in the podcast and not talk about. The, the boring years, but 03, yeah, it's like, oh, well. Yeah, it was tough. But the, uh, what you do remember with those years is at the end of the day, you always used to get a drink. So so they'd come around with the drinks menu. What do you want to drink after the game? So it, it's mad when you think about it only 20 years ago, but everyone would have... Bob, then. Bob was doing the attendant. who take the protein and disappear uptown all day. Um, yeah, so, so we used to get bottles of stuff, ask for the lid on, save them up for the weekend. <laughs> There you go. We'll have to do. We'll have to do. Yeah, you need to. Yeah, we'll have to do a story on a roundup of the uh, the evening entertainment in Taunton, the places you frequent. But all right, we'll, we'll wrap this one up so we yeah. can talk about fun stuff next time. Yeah, we'll get to two thousand four. What happened two thousand four? Let's say Ricky Pont in an emergence of a a youngster then who had an amazing career with Somerset, 
and my exit as well. Good stuff. See you next time.